This program is presented by CreamCityUSA.com. Clark Gable, Ann Southern, Rita Johnson, Jeffrey Lynn. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Your host and director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. We're glad to have you with us tonight. And when I say us, I'm speaking not only for myself, but for Clark Gable, Ann Southern, Jeffrey Lynn, and Rita Johnson, tonight's Gulf Theater stars. They're waiting to bring you one of the greatest motion picture successes of all times, Red Dust, adapted for radio by Charles Taswell. You know, Clark Gable and Ann Southern both give their all for MGM. And although they've never been in the same picture, they've always wanted to work together, so here they are. You see, this is really the one place in Hollywood where the stars can do what they've always wanted to do. That's one reason why the Gulf Theater is known as the stars' own theater. It's the stars' own theater for another reason, too. The money that would ordinarily go to the stars who appear here, Gulf gives instead to the Motion Picture Relief Fund. And the fund, in turn helps take care of the many workers in the motion picture industry who can no longer provide for themselves. In tonight's play, Red Dust, Clark Gable plays Dennis, Ann Southern plays Van Teen, and Jeffrey Lynn and Rita Johnson are heard as Mr. and Mrs. Willis. I'll step into the character of Limey. And now, Frank Tours raises his baton to conduct Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra in the opening theme of Red Dust. Between the Gulf of Siam and the South China Sea lies French Indochina. On the hot, steaming, fever-ridden banks of the river winding through the jungle from Cholon to Saigon is the rubber plantation of Dennis Carson. Dennis, dressed in dirty white ducks, has just boarded a steamer tied up at a plantation wharf and hailed Limey to capture Hi, Limey. Hello, Denny. Where have you been keeping us, Ark? You're a day late. Oh, I got caught up on the sandbar. Don't give me that. The bar you hung on was in Cholon, and the bartender's name is Charlie. Now, Denny. Got any passengers aboard? I'm expecting a new man named Willis. Right, you are. He's in the cabin aft. I think he eats kind of got him. Shut a quinine will fix him up. I'll rile him out. He, he looks kind of puny for one rubber. He'll get over that or be shipped back on your next trip. Hey! Sorry, wrong room. Peter! Hey, Banty! Wait, stop. Hold on a minute. It's me, Denny. Denny? Danny, gee, I'm glad to see you. Hey, you better brush up on your bottle throwing. You missed me by two inches. Oh. Hey, easy. You want to choke me? What's the matter? You're playing hard to get. How long does a gal have to wait to be kid? When you hear the next musical gong. Well? I heard it. Oh, Denny, you do love me, don't you? I'll give you three guesses. What am I, a quiz kid? 
Say, come to think of it, I ought to be pretty sore at you. What for? Don't give me that. You said you'd come back to Saigon in two weeks. Well, I couldn't get away, Van Dean. I had to sit up with a sick friend. What's her name? I call her Queenie. She's my best rubber tree. Here, here, let me look at you. You miss me? Oh, honest to goodness, Jenny, I've been so lonesome for you, I could have died. Sure, sure, I bet. Hey, what have you been doing in Cholong? Dancing. But a gal can't get top billing down there unless she has hips like a water buffalo. I'm on my way back to the old job in Saigon. Say, say, you wouldn't be going to Saigon, too. Nope. I just came aboard to pick up a new surveyor. Oh, Jenny, come along and have some fun. You're the only good guy I ever met in this neck of the woods. Well, I can't possibly get away till the next batch of rubber is cooked. But you need a vacation. I'll be down in two weeks. You said that once before. Well, I mean it this time. Yeah, I know your promises. With no encouragement at all, I'd stay right here and see that you keep this one. Well, now, look, Van Dean. Sure. Well, I can stay with your foreman's wife. She's asked me to visit her a dozen times. Nope. No soap. Why not? Because a rubber plantation's no place for a girl. Mosquitoes, fever, sunstroke, and flies are plenty trouble without you doing a rumba through the work shed. Oh, Jenny, please. Nope. You go on to Saigon, and I'll see you there in two weeks. On a break. Oh. Come on now. Give me a kiss. I gotta pick up my surveyor in the next cabin. I'll be waiting for you, Danny. Don't disappoint a girl. I won't. So long, baby. So long, handsome. See you in Saigon. Yes. Yes, come in. Hello. Hello. Are you Mr. Carson? That's right. You're Gary Willis, I take it. Yes. Well, this just happens to be the place you get off. Is your double pack? I, uh... Well, I think so. You see, I had rather a bad night, Gary, so... Gary, I... darling, I've looked all through the medicine kit and I... Oh. Oh, I beg your pardon. Who are you? This is my wife, Barbara, Mr. Carson. Your what? My wife. Babs, this is Dennis Carson. How do you do? You mean you brought... You didn't say anything in your letter about a wife? Well, we've been married such a short time that Gary often forgets to mention me, Mr. Carson. But I shan't be any trouble. I promise you. I'm sure you won't, because you're both going back where you came from. But, Carson, there's no need for that. I... I... Gary. Hey. Hey, what's the matter? Just, uh, just a little dizzy. This awful heat. Sit down. Come on. Let me see your tongue. He hasn't felt well since we left Cholon, Mr. Carson. Now, let's feel your pulse. Uh, it's nothing serious. I've never had anything. You have this time. You're starting an attack of fever. Fever? Listen, Why, Carson, I'm Stop not... getting excited, both of you. Well... That's the surest way to help it along. You can make yourself useful, Mrs. Willis, by getting the rest of your stuff back while I fetch a litter to carry him off the boat. Mr. Carson, wait. Well? Could I speak to you outside for a moment? What is it? Is there a doctor here? Nearest doctor's in Saigon. Three days downriver and three back. Then we must go on with the boat. Frankly, I wish you could, Mrs. Willis. It'd save me a lot of trouble. But I've got a little conscience left. He wouldn't stand a chance bumping around in this cigar box. But fever's dangerous. Gary's got to have medicines and someone who knows what to do. I'm not so bad in a pinch. I've treated every coolie on my plantation for everything from spots to snake bite. And I've only lost a couple. But you're not a doctor and Gary's not a coolie. No. And at the present time, he's not half as valuable. I won't let you risk his life just because you're angry at him for bringing me along. You have no business being here. Mr. Carson. Well, since you are here, I'll give you some pointers on practical nursing so you can take care of him while I'm away. You mean you're going to leave him? What do you think? I think you're the lowest, most odious man I've ever met. I worked this plantation, Mrs. Willis. 
Don't expect me to sit and hold your husband's hand, do you? Why, you... All right. If slapping me makes you feel better. Now that you let off steam, go and get your stuff back. I'll be back with the litter in ten minutes. up, you better call me. Is he out of danger, Mr. Carson? It's a pretty safe bet you won't be a widow. Oh, you must be awfully tired. You sat there by his bed the whole night. I don't know how I can ever thank you. Forget it. I, um, I'd like to apologize about yesterday. Oh, no. I'm the one who should apologize. I'm terribly ashamed. We both owe you a great deal. I'll take your IOU shake on it? Of course. Mr. Carson. Yeah? Yesterday you said I didn't belong here, but don't you think I can fit in? Would you mind if I made it my job to see that you do? I'd be very grateful. You know, I like people who stand up and fight back, especially if it happens to be a woman who looks extraordinarily beautiful when she's doing it, and even more beautiful when she's calmed down. <laughs> So you can make pretty speeches, too, when you want to. I'm a civilized barbarian. You mean you don't wear rings through your nose? That's right. And I've given up cannibalism. Been on the wagon for three months. <laughs> That's wonderful. I do congratulate you, Mr. Carson. You know, you remind me of someone. Do I? Who? A girl. A long time ago in London. What was she like? Well, something... Something like cream velvet. And a great deal like you. You, know, you sort of took my breath away this morning. You're the first lady who ever rode that boat down river. That's one reason I... Oh, who's that? Hey, anybody else? Oh, it's a woman. Yes, I'm afraid it is. Surprise! Hello, Denny. What's the idea, Vandy? I'm walking back from a boat ride. Why aren't you on your way back to Saigon? I bounced back, that's all. Well, well. Sitting up with another sick rubber tree. Never mind the cracks. How'd you get here? Oh, simple. We got about a mile down river and Limey nosed the old scow into a mud bank. You mean there was an accident? You got it right the first time, Toot. Well, Denny, I guess you'll just have to put me up to the boat's fix. What? Oh, you know, just a week, a month, a year. I'm not the kind of a gal who overstays her welcome. Just, just what were you doing when the boat ran into the mud bank? Listen to him. He has the most suspicious nature, hasn't he, Miss? Uh, oh, I didn't catch the name. Oh, uh, Mrs. Willis, Van Teen. How do you do? You were on the boat coming down, weren't you? Uh, oh, yes. Wasn't it a quaint trip? Quaint? Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Terrifically quaint. You know, I've been visiting my dear, dear brother upriver. He has a lovely place. It's copied after our old family plantation at Blue Blood, West Virginia. Cotton and honeysuckle like mad. Have you all ever been there? No, unfortunately. Oh, but y'all must have heard of us, Jefferson. I was supposed to just loll around home and be fanned by my old nurse. But I'm the restless, adventurous type. <laughs> I just adore danger. Really? 
You ought to carry a lantern. Yeah. Yeah. It would come in handy. The guys I meet give me plenty of oil. How interesting. You'll excuse me? Goodbye, Mr. Good night, Miss Lewis. Now, you better explain, handsome, and explain fast. It's none of your business. But Mrs. Willis is the wife of my new preserver. That's very interesting. Would you tell me why you sent me on to Saigon and you let that dame move in on you? She's not a dame. She's a lady. Oh, so she's a lady. That's right. Meaning that I'm not? I didn't say that. Nobody has to draw me a blueprint. I get it. You gave me the cold shoulder because you thought little Van Teen might embarrass her ladyship. Now, look, Van Teen, if you'll just be reasonable. Reasonable? Well, that dame high-headed me all the way down from Cholan, and right now I got a darn good hunch she's making a play for you. What are you talking about? I told you she's married. From the way she was looking at you, somebody ought to remind her of that. Now, get this. You're going to stick around, and I suppose you'll have to till the boat's fixed. You'll watch your step and lay off that kind of talk. Gee, I just noticed. Don't you look nice all shaved and dressed up fancy? Oh, behave yourself, or you'll go back to Saigon slung in a hammock. Gee, and you even smell pretty, too. Stop sniffing at me. If the wind's right, they'll be holding their noses all the way to Saigon. And another thing. Lay off that guff about your old family plantation in Virginia. A West Virginia. I'm not kidding, Van Dien. Okay, Denny. If that's the way you want it, I'll keep the fire in the background. You won't even be able to see me on a clear day. You just keep it in mind that I have no feeling for Mrs. Willis, but one of the greatest respect. Huh, where have I heard that one before? That remark just goes to show the difference between you and a lady. Good night. Denny. What? Before I go into the silences, let me give you a word of advice, handsome. Well? The only difference between a lady and a dame is geography and climate. This happens to be Indochina and the monsoon season. When the big blow comes, hold on to your hat, brother, and don't say I didn't warn you. So ends Act One of tonight's play, Red Dust. The curtain's about to rise on the second act of Red Dust, starring Clark Gable as Dennis Carson, Anne Southern as Van Teen, Jeffrey Lynn as Gary Willis, and Rita Johnson as Barbara, his wife. Three weeks of stifling, tropic heat have passed since Van Teen and, Gary and Barbara Willis came to Dennis's plantation. Gary has recovered from his attack of fever and is off on a last surveying trip before the jungle is claimed by the devastating rains of the monsoon season. He alone is unaware of the growing attachment between his wife, Barbara, and Dennis. It's a hot, sultry evening. Dennis approaches the house and speaks to the Chinese houseboy who's lighting the porch lamp. Oi. Oh, yes, see, Mr. Denny. Did you put that new lamp in Mrs. Willis' room? Oh, yes, see, Mr. Denny. And listen, there are a couple of pheasants hanging up in the back shed. Fix them up for dinner tomorrow night. You know, the way Mrs. Willis likes them. Oh, yes, see, Mr. Denny. Hoy, fix it. We'll make a water at the mouth. Hello, Romeo. Oh, hello, Vandy. How's the mighty hunter? 
I hope the pheasants didn't pet you. Don't try to be funny. Excuse me, I've got to wash up. Could you spare me a few minutes of your valuable time? All right, spill it. Three weeks ago, you said something about sending me back to Saigon in a hammock. Well? Well, bring on your hammock and coolies. I'm ready to go. What's the matter with you, crazy? I came in on a pass, and I don't like the picture. It looks like an unhappy ending. Well, can I have the coolies? Sorry, I can't spare any. Look, Van Dien, you'd be a lot happier and digest your food better if you try to understand the situation. It isn't... Oh, so it's a brand new and different situation, eh? But you're all part of my era. Back in Blue Blood, West Virginia, we all call it a triangle. But then everybody there is so very narrow-minded. I'm a fool for even hoping you'd understand. Look, Danny, why don't you get wise to yourself? You think you're in love, but you ain't. You don't belong in her world, and she don't belong in yours. You don't know what you're talking about. And if you're so upset about what you think is going on, you can have your hammock and coolies the first of the week. Thank you so very much. Don't mention it. Now, if you don't mind, I'll wash up for dinner. You don't know it, big boy, but you're already washed up. You're shivering, Barbara. You cold? No. Here, you better put the scarf around your shoulder. Well, these tropic nights fool you. Dennis. Yes? Things like this do happen to people, don't they? People do suddenly look into each other's eyes and brush away the world around them, don't they? I guess they do. It never happened to me before, just this way. Mm -hmm. It's just as if you kissed me. And I most wanted you to and wondered whether you were going to or not. Gary's got to be told that I want to marry you. We can't go on holding hands behind his back and stealing kisses in the moonlight. I know, but we mustn't hurt him, Dennis. You've got to know that I tried to think of him, but no matter how hard I tried, all I could think of was loving you. Tomorrow I'm going downriver where he's working. They're having trouble there with the coolies. Tiger's scaring him off the job. Then you tell Gary then? Yes. Has to be done sometime. Might as well get it over with. Oh, Dennis... I'm afraid. Dorothy, everything's going to be all right. Good night. And goodbye, my sweet. I'm starting at daybreak. By this time tomorrow night, Gary will know. Guess our tiger doesn't like rain. Or else, like Barbara, he's scared of thunder. And if he's hungry, he'll show up when he sends that water buffalo we staked out. <clears throat> hey, keep that gun under your poncho. You can't shoot a tiger with wet powder. Yeah, sure. I'm so excited I didn't think. Do we have to keep absolutely quiet? No. Cat can't hear us over this rain. Why, you got something on your mind? No, not exactly. I just wondered if Babs was sick or something. She... Well, she sort of promised me she'd come along whenever you paid us a visit. Well, it's uh, it's a long trip, you know. Bad weather. Oh, sure, I understand. I couldn't expect her to come out in this. She, uh... She didn't send a note or anything? No. No, I, uh... I left in a hurry. Uh, just yelled into her I was going as they brought my horse around. Oh, sure. Well, that explains it. What did she say? 
eh? Oh, oh, you mean when I rode off. Something about sending her love, I believe. Uh-huh. <laughs> she couldn't send very much. What? I brought most of it along with me. Oh. I, um... I guess you think quite a lot of her, don't you? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Well, that's such a funny way to say it, Mr. Carson. It's such a terrific understatement. Yeah? I guess you've never been in love, have you? That is, not in love with a girl like Badge. Maybe I haven't. What's it like? Like? Well, it's... Sort of belonging. Of being a part of each other. So that you laugh when she laughs. And cry when she cries. And if she died, most of you would die too. I don't explain it very well. But you'll feel the same way when you fall in love, Mr. Carson. Suppose, uh, instead of dying, one of you just went away. Went away? Why? Oh, any reason. Maybe, uh, one of you stopped being in love. Stopped being in love? Babs and me? It happens every day. Now, that's to everyday people. It couldn't ever happen to us. But, uh, suppose it did. Well, then it couldn't be for long, Mr. Carson. Only for a little while. Why, we belong together as... Well, as you belong to these swamps and jungles. No matter how far any of us wandered away, we'd all come back eventually to where we belonged. I, I guess I don't put it very well. Yes. I think you put it swell. What's that? The bullet. He sent it the tiger. Come on, get your rifle ready. Right. Can I have first shot at him? You'll guarantee you won't miss. You'll be right here to back me up? There he is, just coming out in the clearing. Wait. Wait till he crouches to spring. Then aim right back at the shoulder. Oh, I didn't know they came that big. All right. Get him. <coughs> Missed. <coughs> Good shot. Well, man's got to be lucky at something. Max. Here, boss. Get the boys busy on that skin and bring my horse around. Yeah, okay, boss. Mr. Carson, you're not starting back to the house tonight, are you? Yes. But it's dark and starting to rain harder. I've got a little job to do. Can't it wait till tomorrow? No, I'm afraid not. So long, kid. Come on, Mac. Hurry up with that horse. Just Barbara. on the chance you might come back tonight. Here. Here, let me help you with your coat. No, 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 no. Here, it's too wet. But you can hang this gun belt over that chair. Dennis. Yeah? Did... Did you tell Gary? Tell Gary what? About us. Oh. Oh, that. Well, now, Barbara, look. Let's, let's talk this over. Here. Here, sit down. Sit down and make yourself comfortable. Dennis. Now, listen, beautiful. You didn't really think we were going to tell Gary, did you? Of course. Oh, come now. You never told before, did you? Dennis, you don't know what you're saying. Well, darling, you mustn't joke about things like this. Well, who's joking? Hey, we've been getting along fine without telling Gary up to now, haven't we? Oh, why complicate things? 
Come on, let's be grown up. Dennis, don't make me hate you. Well, hate me for what? Here, here, here. Let's pour a loving cup and drink to a better understanding. You mean it's been this way all along? All those times you said you'd love me? Then what's the matter, beautiful? You losing your sense of humor on the home stretch? Come on, be a sport. Here, here, give us a little kiss. Don't. Oh, be sensible. Stop it. Well, all right, if you're going to stage a scene and be a child about it. Dennis, you can't mean what you just said. Listen, I'm this way when I'm bored, see, and I'm bored now. Bored? Do I have to fall in love with you just because you turned up here uninvited? For a few kisses, anyway. Dennis. Wives don't belong here because they can't keep their heads. But I thought you could. That's why I was willing to pass the time pleasantly. Oh! How could I have ever thought you were anything but what you are? Well, as long as you don't want to play on that basis, we can call it quits right here. Now, stop looking like you've been shell-shocked and go to bed and sleep it off. You never meant one word. You never meant anything beautiful between us. Stop the hysterics. I think I've made it plain. Would you like me to begin all over? Barbara. You never meant it at all. Give me that gun. Leave me alone. Don't touch me. Are you crazy? Give me that gun. You're hurting me. Damn it. Oh, I didn't mean it. Damn it. Damn it. I'm right here by the bed, Denny. Is that uh, Limey's boat whistling? Yes. He tied up at the landing early this morning. Hey, you know, I must have gone out like a light last night. See, Denny, I was scared. I thought you were going to die. Die? <laughs> What's a bullet in the shoulder? Hey, uh, where are the kids? They've gone. I watched them go up the gangplank with their arms around each other. That's good. He was a nice guy. Yes. She was okay, too. Well, that's a lot coming from you. Listen, Denny. Were, were you really in love with her? Me? Of course not. Women are all the same to me. You're a liar, Denny. A great, big, beautiful liar. I hate to go away and leave you like this, but you don't want me around. I ain't no lady. Hmm. And I ain't no gentleman, baby. Oh, yes, you are. There was a swell act you put on to bring those kids together. I've got to hand it to you, Denny. Thanks. But, gee, you're an awful fool. Oh, look who's talking. Didn't I say you'd get into a mess? I always suspected you were the kind of a dame who said, I told you so. Oh, yeah. Well, for two cents, I'd take that boat. Yes, and if I wasn't flat on my back, I'd put you on it. Is that so? Well, all I hope is you don't catch a cold when I breeze out that door. That's right. Take a run out, Powder. Go ahead. Leave me here to suffer. Go on. I'm going. Well, why don't you go? Well, you don't have to rush me. What are you stalling for? Who's stalling? You are. I know what's in your mind. Oh, a mind reader, eh? You think if you hang around long enough, there's a slim chance I might ask you to marry me. Why, you big liar! Don't fool yourself, baby. I'd rather lie here and die all alone. Why, I wouldn't marry you if you were the last guy left in the whole... Oh. Oh, gee, Danny, you wouldn't kid me, would you? You're the dizziest dame in Indochina. I must be nuts or I wouldn't even bother with you. Here I am, raving with fever, and you take me serious. Oh, Danny. Hey, hey, stop it, will you? You can't go dropping tears in a bullet wound. Did you ever hear of hygiene?
Next week, the Gulf Theater proudly presents the pair you've all been waiting for, Vivian Lee and Lawrence Olivier, in Noel Coward's great comedy, Private Lives. Miss Lee and Mr. Olivier portray, portray a divorced couple who meet again on their second honeymoon and suddenly decide to fall in love all over again. It's a merry, mad mix-up. And you'd better make a note right now to be at the Gulf Theater next Sunday night with Vivian Lee, Lawrence Olivier, and Oscar Bradley's orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. Until then, this is Roger Pryor saying good night, everybody. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is Ajax with a reminder to join us again next time for comedy, music, mystery, and drama on CreamCityUSA.com.